here's the situation. You wake up one day realizing you're living the exact same day as the day before. The next day it happens again, just like the movie Groundhog Day. What do you do to try to get out of there? And what do you do once you've resigned yourself to the fact that you can't? Oof. Oof, Rush. Uh, I'm TJ Jagodowski. I'm Rush Howell. And this is Here's the Situation, a real podcast about hypothetical situations. And the theme this week is Worst Lives Club. That's right. Yes. Not, what is it, First Wives Club? Is that I what the other so. one? Okay. Wives this club. is Worst Lives Club. Hey, you know, with that said, though, we're going to keep this pretty li- pretty light as well. Sure, you probably. know, like. Um. Anything? What am I forgetting? You haven't heard mine. I haven't heard yours. Yeah. Let's just blah 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 blah. Right. Do it. All right. Let's get. We'll get right into one. Great. So, uh, Rush. Um, Groucho Marx said, "I don't care to belong to any club that will have me as a member." So here's the situation: What clubs or groups, official or unofficial, official maybe like the bar association or unofficial, where like you were an improviser or a Georgian or, you know, just something that you happened to be that was not necessarily declared like we are a group. So which of those have you uh, belonged to that you have not necessarily cared to belong to? And conversely, which ones have you been proud, most proud to be a member of? Huh. Good question. As I was thinking about this, it was like, oh, the, the one that I was in, and even when I was in it, I was like, I don't like this. Like, oh, look, it's a bunch of college dudes. Like, right. uh, I don't have really any pride in being a college dude. I would, you know, not not choose to associate myself with that that group or association or whatever. So I like clubs. I like groups. Um, we... I have this fantasy league called the All Sports Fantasy uh-huh. League that I run. And even within that, there's a group called the Pat. <laughs> and the, the Pat is people. So we have a summit every year in a different city. And we have the draft. And we have a great time. We we go out and uh, have, have some dinners and uh, do whatever. But, but the draft is the center of all of it. Last yep. year, we did our draft in the Brave Stadium in the GM's box Whoa. looking over there. It's great. Uh but the the PAT is for people that have been to 10 summits. And one guy that's in the PAT says PAT stands for person at 10 summits, P-A-T. But it's not. It's a tribute to Pat Summit, the legendary uh, coach of the Lady Vols. And once you made it to 10 summits, you earned the PAT. Uh, great. And, um, and so uh, some people are like, that's stupid. We're already a clickish enough stupid fantasy league. Why do you need a club within the club? And I'm like, I like them. I like groups. So we the, might, you, you might break down the pat a little bit. You might, you know, I love the pat. <laughs> you might get it. So divisions within pat. Yeah, we could. I mean, well, you get a pat class. All right. So uh, <laughs> Andy St. Clair was the only one in the inaugural pat class. He's the only one that made the first 10 summits in a row. I'm in class two. Uh, and on your pat card, uh, which will set off any metal detector on earth, by the way, it shows the number uh, you have. And then whenever I see another member of the pat, and we have a bill. We each put our pack card in there, even though neither uh, is can be exchanged for goods and services. But okay, so thinking about, so I, I think I'm going to struggle to come up. Um, I'm sure if I had 20 minutes, I would tell you a club or two. Um, but the ones that you were most proud of, then. Uh, I am. Uh, look, I'm I'm proud to be a member of uh, my family. I think, mm-hmm. especially my insular uh, four-person family—my m- mom, my dad, and my brother. 
Um, and, and I'm proud of like kind of where I came from and I'm proud of my, uh, uh, you know, obviously everybody has flaws and everything, but my, my grandparents were, were great. So, um, that to the extent that that's a, you know, a club, uh, my family was, was important. Um, I loved, uh, you know, in college, it was really important to me to be involved in a lot of different things. So I liked that. I liked that I was a a theater person. I've talked about how I rejected initially the concept of being an improviser and going into that improv group, but I ended up loving that. And then I love being in a group called the Cottage Club at Princeton. That was fun to do. But I've always been really proud to be an improviser. To be, I the the few times I've been referred to or in um in the realm of like uh, more actors than improvisers. Sometimes I've I've. I've pushed back on, on that. Like I haven't always wanted to be like, Oh, it's one of the actors. Yeah. Well, I I don't, I don't think anyone's ever called me that. So I'm not too, I haven't had to worry about dissociating, uh, from the, from the actors club. Um, being from the South is like, uh, you know, uh, obviously a, a complicated, uh, right. one, but I would say overall, um, you know, I'm, I, I don't look at Georgia with, um, uh, with like regret that mm-hmm. I'm from Georgia. Like I have, I have, you know, again, it's very dangerous to say I have, oh, I'm a like Georgian pride. It's, you start to be like, oh yeah, the Confederate flag and that shit. Yeah. So obviously I think all of that is, uh, uh, extraordinarily problematic. And, and there are aspects of Georgia that, um, y- you know, I, 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 I'm very much, you know, I support and donate to, opportunities to change that yeah but i i think you know i wouldn't be like i'm not embarrassed to be from right. georgia even though i will often shit on it there were there were and i wasn't even in the group but a couple of times being overseas um touring with second city to vienna or um or in london every once in a while i saw like a it was like a tour bus or a tour group of americans who felt like this place should bend over backwards for their tourist dollar or <laughs> whatever and at yeah. that point i wasn't really proud to be like from the usa oh yeah you know like in in that moment um it's funny i i've when i was traveling in uh in europe uh was mostly i think both times i've i've really spent some time in europe was uh george uh bush 43 mm-hmm. was the president and there was a lot of kind of oh well you know I I have to apologize kind of for a couple things or whatever but but also I found that I w- would become more patriotic as I was overseas because yeah. there was such uh, disdain right. from certain of these Europeans and you know there was like I remember talking to this girl at Oktoberfest who was like you can't even name the capital of uh, you know Romania and I was like yeah I can and then. And then she's like, well, Americans are just so stupid. And I was like, well, so so your proof on that is that I answered your question correctly. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, what's the capital of California? And she's like, I shouldn't have to know what a state is. And I was like, well, fuck you. You know, like, like so when you go over there and people are, are riding you, you start to, you know, it's right. like it's one of those things a little bit where I can say it about my brother, but you can't, right. you know, that sort of thing. All right, uh, never mind California. What's the capital of the Dominican Republic? There's a country for you. How about yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. But I uh, I don't know. Sorry that I don't have uh, hate on That's some okay. clubs. But I, 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 in terms of like especially, pre- I mean, look, I guess, because even like lawyers, right? Like lawyers have a terrible reputation and, and I, 
it's got to be for good reason because it's so prevalent and so many people know lawyers. But I'm I'm not like embarrassed to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Certainly, um, I don't know, man. I, I think uh, I think part of my life has been you just we're not here uh, so long. You you got to kind of enjoy the stuff that you're doing, and if you don't, you should exit it very quickly. Right. So, for instance, I did high school debate. Uh, for about eight hours. That's not true. (laughs) For one week. And I was good at it. And I didn't care for it. I didn't want to do it. And so I just hit the eject button. Yeah. I went, I ran cross country at Princeton for only four months, Uh, you know, cross country and track. And I was very good in high school and I wasn't good enough anymore when I got to college. And I ejected from that. Uh, But, uh, you know, it wasn't, I would still say I enjoyed those guys and being on that team and everything. Mm. But for the most part, if I find myself in a spot where I am not happy with something that's going on for a protracted period of time, uh, you leave the club. I leave the club. I leave the club. Well, good for you, buddy. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's just a brag. It's just me <laughs> yeah. bragging about all the clubs I'm in. But hey, you asked the question. So. I sure did. I'm, uh, I'm not stepping. I'm not backing away. <laughs> no, I'm not no. backing down. <laughs> There's plenty. I talk all the time about things that are bad about me on this podcast, but uh, the people I associate with is not a bad thing about me. All right, TJ. Uh, Let's see. Which one do I want to do? This is uh, Worst Lives Club. I think I want to do this one. Okay, buddy. Um, Here's the situation. Yeah. You are allowed five clones of yourself that you can inhabit (laughs) So think of it this way. Okay. Every moment in your life is frozen in like a, uh, a a frame against a film. Okay. So the entirety of it is kept in this, uh, in this like deep, deep storage locker with some super advanced alien race. Okay. And they have all of it there. And what they say is you can go back and inhabit from a moment in time any five moments of your life and live them forward for uh, one week. Okay. Whatever you do won't change the future or the past. It's not going to mess with the space-time continuum. It's just straight up. You get to go back and relive, maybe take a different chance. Maybe you just want to enjoy exactly what you did before, but you're going to get to pick five, up to five, and go back and enjoy that stretch of time. Uh, that one week or, or try to fix something. Right. Or, yeah, I mean, but it won't be fixed, fixed, but maybe in your conscious it will. Okay. So however you want to do it, think of it. I mean, you, you get the concept. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, a couple of them I can tell you right off the bat are su- super easy. Okay. Great. Um, the summer of my being 17 years old, I would try and go back and see if I could find the week where I had at least three baseball games at home under the lights to play to play ball again and that was would have been the single best time that of of my of my ability got it um there was a there was a part of that season where i felt i could not miss man it the it was like this this won't mean much to most people but um the ball out of the pitcher's hand didn't look like it was moving at me. It was just going to appear at a different part on a on a plane and i could kind of choose whether i wanted what i wanted to do with it Okay. Take it the other way, you know, let it go or whatever. It just felt like I was in a zone I had never known and before. And this was playing for like a traveling team or a high school my, team? My home, my, my city, one of the, um, it was 
the American Legion team of my of my hometown. We didn't we didn't travel. We we traveled to the like just a couple towns around us, but right. um, but it, it would have been there. Uh, I would go back to re-experience my first week of being on the main stage as a as a cast as a cast member, okay. and probably would choose as the show opened or the first probably week before of- that even when when Jim I went in for Jim Zulovic, um, a fellow who has since passed on, who was uh, a performer at Second City. So I had already learned the show um i understudied him so i knew the show at that point we didn't have any responsibility for coming up with with new material which i didn't mind but i knew the show cold had no new responsibilities i just got to go in there and uh you know where we put that in our like in our minds of like what was the name of that show that would have been promise keepers losers weepers yeah that was the first main stage show i ever saw yeah I, I, i saw it when jim was still in it and i was there i lived in chicago the summer of 98 yeah and uh i probably saw that show 20 times yeah it was so i went in for that and it was you were just on cruise control like and uh it's funny because kevin dorf who was was a a child at the time right Uh this is 1998 i mean and but he still seemed like i I think back to it he still seems like an authority figure without a doubt even though he was many years younger than i am today. he also like if if anyone knows kevin dorf like it looks like he was transported from the 40s but dipped in like punk sensibility and then reclothed in a shark skin suit Uh, you know like he looked kevin always looked to me a little bit like there was a subversive like uh uh, sticker, I think, who looks sort of like Ward Cleaver. Yeah, it was a guy with a pipe, but his eyes might have been like spirals or something okay. like that. It was like this, like underground, but you know, fighting the establishment from within the establishment or whatever. And so, yeah, Kevin always felt like he was, you know, might have been fifty, but also might have been twenty-five and yeah. passed for fifty. But um, I would like Michael Chiklis, who <laughs> who is never like he played. He played like a. 25 year old and like a 60 year old <laughs> but he was the opposite age at each time because yeah. <laughs> chickless chickless doesn't look any different at any point in time there was uh i would go back i would go back to the week my brother killed himself and i would take another shot at at, at that turning out at that turning out differently um i would i would do different things then um there was a family trip we took when i was 15 we went down to florida and i was just a, a shit i was um, I had like my first girlfriend and I was like, I don't want to go. And I didn't want to mm. be like away from her and stuff. And I thought I was like head over heels and me and, you know, probably was, but then I, we just, we went down and it was, it was the whole family. It was my mom, my dad, my brothers and I, and, and it, it should have been a great time, you know? And, and I just, I made it a bad time. I know I made it a bad time for me. And, and I, and I, I'm, I know I made it a not as good time for them, and I just yep. always feel for years and years and years, I felt I felt really crappy about about that, uh, and that and that's the only one that uh, no, th- those last two strike me as like I would go back and do things differently as opposed to just re-experiencing yep. them. And uh, yeah, one more if you want it. Yeah, I might. You know what? Can I, I'm gonna put it on. I'm gonna put it on hold. Yeah, I, sure. I, I'm probably missing. You know, like I'm probably yeah, like missing wedding. fifty. I am, but that one's still fresh, pretty fresh in my head that I'd almost yeah. like more distance from before okay. I go back and re-experience it. I, I have a pretty, a pretty um, full kind of um, uh, 
uh, I don't know. I feel like I can re- still relive that experience a little bit in my head. So I'd like to get further away before I go. I go back to it. Beth and I had a great trip. The the trip we got engaged on to Hawaii, mm-hmm. and that had some magical stuff. We got to paddleboard right right off from from our patio. We walked two minutes, got on paddleboards, paddled out five minutes, and we're over a reef. And then just on the other side of that, that sea turtles. Wow. All the time, and just just beneath the water, so you could see them. It was it was incredible. That was that was really that would be up there in the possibilities for sure. Um, but I I would say when I look at my life, I regret maybe ninety percent of it. <laughs> so I think I would go back. I think if I had to th- think about it, I would try and go back and do some stuff. Right? Yeah. Although again, the aliens, you're not <laughs> you're not going to be able to change or alter it, but you just you'll feel better about yourself because you'll do it differently. Yeah. I feel like I wasn't in this room for a little bit while I was doing that. I was, I was, yeah. I was in a different place for a little bit. It's weird. It's weird to be back. That's hey man, thanks for sticking around. Do, man. It's a great, they're a benevolent, <laughs> benevolent alien race. All right, Rush. So Rush, you and I know what, what relegation is. Yeah. And so this is based on, um, based on the uh, worst, worst club aspect of worst live club so for any people who don't know in um in premier soccer leagues um i think around the world right everywhere but but in mls uh Uh, yeah i think so certainly in europe most famously the worst team in that league is relegated down to the to the lower leagues and then the best of basically whatever the triple a franchise is would be brought up into into the premier league yeah cool system yes wish we had it in america i do too man i do too so here's situation rush i'm going to tell you who or what is coming up from the lower tier to the premier league and you have to tell me who or what is getting relegated love it cool yes rush first one pink is coming up to the prism colors what color is getting relegated i'm gonna put uh yellow down i hear you okay yellow's down pink up yellow down rush sriracha is in the condiment premier league who's going down Ooh, yeah. Well, I am upset <laughs> to hear. Uh, but if Sriracha's going up, then I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. People are gonna be mad. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take mustard down. All right, mustard gets relegated, man. Yeah. I Rush- mean, what do you think? What, what do you think the Premier League of condiments is? I was thinking in my head: ketchup, mustard, mayonnaise, mm-hmm. hot sauce. Yeah, that's really kind of the Mount Rushmore of yeah. uh, available in every yeah. restaurant. I didn't want to get too. I, I didn't want like tartar sauce, salsa, or those things. Condiments. Or uh, yeah, but I would. I mean, tartar sauce or, is, is certainly not. Yeah, I was going to move tartar sauce up, but that seemed ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, they're you not know? the Premier League. <laughs> relish. <laughs> I guess relish has got to be up there. I, I, who, I mean, it's, nobody really eats it. I know, but it's it's been around so long. Okay, in that, well, I would in certainly demote relish before okay. before mustard. <laughs> I just wasn't putting it up there. I mean, but, relish is like. <laughs> Relish has finished last in the Premier League yeah. like 40 years <laughs> yeah. in a row. Uh, MMA or uh, UFC, oh, whatever you want, yeah. is coming up to the yeah. Premier Sports League. Who's going down? Uh, so it depends on whether you think NASCAR is a Premier Sport. If you think so, then it is. If you don't, then it's hockey. Okay, going down. Uh, Rush, Black Cherry is going to be in the Ooh. Premier Soda Flavor League. Absolutely. Who's getting relegated out of the Premier Soda Flavor uh, League? Lemon. Mmm. Down, eh? Don't care for... I mean, I don't hate lemon stuff, but generally speaking, 
that is the flavor that people like the most that I don't like that much. I don't know if you're familiar with this song or not. You don't necessarily have to be. But Do You Hear What I Hear is going to be in the premier Christmas song league. Okay. Who's yeah. getting relegated from the Christmas song league? Ooh. Um, God, there's a few you just can't touch, mm-hmm. you know, that are, that I hear are there you. forever. Um, I'd bounce Jingle Bells in a second. I cannot stand that song. I think that is the worst of the of the. I, you set know, I, I'll songs. agree. I'll bounce yeah? Jingle Bells. I don't have your level of hatred. For don't it, like it. But uh, Silent Night's never coming out. Oh, uh, Silent Night! Big you can't. fan of um, Hark the Herald, the Angels Sing. Sure. I got to keep that one. Little in Drummer there. Boy will never be relegated if if it's up to me ever, ever. Uh, have you ever heard the the absurd Barbara Streisand uh, Jingle Bells? Oh yeah, yeah, super fast. Jingle yeah. bell, jingle bell. Yeah, yeah, I have. Oh, that's got. There's be no like, saving it. There's absolutely no- <laughs> death for you. You didn't make it better. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. We we heard that so much. I can't decide whether I like it or I just I got <laughs> Stockholm syndrome into that Barbara Streisand jingle bell. <laughs> so jingle bells going down. Yeah. All right. Rush the Intero Bang is coming up to the Premier Punctuation League, and that is an exclamation point with a question mark. Uh, it is okay. As far as I know, that, that's what that's that's I'm operating under that assumption. Yeah, who's getting bounced? Ooh, boy, that is. Uh, uh, I I want to get rid of the uh, ampersand. You can, great. You think that's a Premier League? Sure, you bet. Symbol? Yeah. Okay. It's up to you. You you make the Premier League. Yeah, without know. a doubt. I, but I don't know that that's a. Hey, but if there's 15 punctuation marks in the in the Premier League, then I was gonna say comma, mm-hmm. but the problem is the comma is far too useful. Yeah, but it's so frustrating yeah. as well. How about the colon? Needed all the? I mean, well, time. I love the colon. I love the semicolon. You do love the semicolon. I'm not. A, I like I'm a both fan. Okay. I don't really even know what the semicolon does. Yeah, I just throw it in because my writing is is often not all that well <laughs> organized, and I'm like, well, I can throw a semicolon. I love the m dash. Okay, I throw a lot of m dash. I don't even know what an m dash is. It's the longer uh, dash where oh. it connects right to both of the the letters, as oh, opposed okay. to the in dash, which is the shorter, like a hyphen. Uh, yeah, there, you got their hyphen, but the M dash is is longer, and and wow. each of the letters is touching it on the okay. on the word processor. I think a semicolon can set off dependent dependent free, dependent clauses or lead yeah. into a list. And I believe. believe you me, I am yeah. often having too many dependent clauses. <laughs> like if you look at my list of uh, situations for this week, there's semicolons all over what I type <laughs> uh, for that. Um, I I do like the intero bang. Um, I probably like the intero bang. I probably use it more often than an exclamation point. Okay, really? Yeah, maybe. I've never used an intero bang. I've started using more. Um, I don't know where to find it. Where do you find the? In- oh, the intero bang is it's it's. I just type them both. Gotcha. I hear you. Yeah. I hear. You. Um, all right, Rush. You ready? Yes. Puerto Rico coming into the fitty. <laughs> we ain't gonna change the flags, so we gotta bounce somebody who's out. I mean, why, why are we doing this to the poor people of Florida? We just, <laughs> we have no Florida listeners. I guarantee you that. Because uh, I'm, I'm taking Florida out if I have to get rid of a All state. All right. You're going to leave Delaware? You're going to leave Murder Murder Town, Murder, murder State, USA in there? Uh, maybe We not. barely notice. Except for, you know, what, tax havens or whatever. Yeah. I, but I, I got to go to Delaware for work a fair amount. All right. You're going to bounce Florida? No, I'll bounce Delaware. I mean, okay. Yeah. Hey, don't let me... I don't want to talk you into something you don't want. I've never, I, you know, I, I I don't know if I've ever been to Rhode Island. I think I have, but I can't even remember. Oh, you'd love is, it. Maybe. You'd love it. 
It's great. I've never been to Oregon, and I know I would love Oregon. You'd love that, too, yeah. All right, last one, Rush. Yes. 37 is coming into the first 20 numbers. Who's out? <laughs> Why is it 37? <laughs> uh, he did great. He, did, he just did great. I don't like the number 19 Get all rid that of much. It. That's going to come out. All right. Me. I love That's it. That's going to come out. Which, which number would you take out? I think 19 as well. And Good I think man. Beth said 19 too. Good I think, man. I think everything else Thank has you, a Beth. certain. Beth kind of gets it. She knows that duck is over 300 years old. I, I'm trying to think. It could have been seven. It might also have been 17. Uh, but numbers have personalities for her. But so she's I'll, right I'll about the to, duck. So either way, I'm, I'm fine with it. Well, that. you can't pry out one through 10. 11's right there. 12 is much too useful. 13 and 14 have real important number. personalities. 14, I can see getting it. You know what? 16 might be. Although... No, sweet 16. Yeah, I hear 16 you. candles. 14, I don't care that much about. 15 is a great number. Yeah. Uh, 17, I'm never touching something with a 7. I, okay. 7, don't you think, of the numbers 1 through 10, if you asked, survey 100 yeah. Americans... Seven would be the most popular number between one and ten. I guess is don't yeah, know why, but because it's lucky, it's supposed to be lucky. Okay, but then that leaves right. So you kind of almost logically land on nineteen's got to go because you can't touch eighteen because it means too much to too many to too many things in life, yeah. like you know age of majority and all that. And then twenty you can't touch. So can't touch twenty. You can't touch. 20. Come on, <laughs> Come on. Twenty is one of the most important. But it's the numbers. top twenty. Yeah. What if you if you replace twenty with thirty seven? Would you have to call it the top thirty seven and just know if, that there's only twenty in there? If our currency <laughs> has, uh, you know, that's one of the most important numbers out there. Yeah, a twenty is a key number. All right, good one. I enjoyed that. Thank you. Yeah. All right, right, here we go. So we're in Worst Lives Club. Yes, sir. <clears throat> oh baby, uh, here we are. Oh. We're back with another oh, draft? food draft. Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah, I've got uh, oh mother Nick delicious here, and I got to tell you. Uh, here with T.J. Jagodowski, oh boy. a great color commentator on these oh, food drafts. This one, nervous. though, is dear, dear to my hope. Okay, uh, this is what I normally Nick Delicious doesn't have. A, you know, a, couldn't couldn't commentate just a play by play man. You know, but this is uh, myself, Nick Delicious's favorite type of food. That is the sandwich. Ooh, uh, hey Nick Delicious, am I am I in this draft or just com just just comment- commentating okay, this type of man? Great. Uh, we do it different every time just to keep your toes a little bit. But you you had a great time with the fruit and vegetable. Oh yeah. How's life been with a heavy focus on beets? Not as varied as I'd hope. Yeah. Well, that's, that's how it goes. Yeah. That's how it goes. But, uh, you know, these these drafts are, uh, they're tough. Yeah. But this We live in a dystopian society that's <laughs> rationing out food via these uh, ongoing drafts. Uh, but I try to avoid talking about that and just focus on the food. Nick, before we get started, because I'm yes, sure sir. I'm sure the commissioner of the of the league probably settled this, yes. uh, this hot action. Hot dog. Yay, nay. Yes, it is a sandwich. In. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah, what, You should ask any you want to, because I know the people at home are going to be interested to know. There's a, a, a huge debate uh, is over the burger. Mm-hmm. But, but generally speaking, if it's got bread and you put something in between the bread. Now, the hot dog's a little bit of a uh, you know sideways look at that, but the, the burger is pretty much within the definition of a sandwich. So okay. bur- burgers yeah. are allowed. Gyro? Yeah, of course. Okay. Now, uh, <laughs> I should note, I should note that they're a little tough on things. Like if you've got a, you got a fried chicken sandwich and a grilled yep. chicken sandwich, both right. of those are okay. But a buffalo chicken sandwich that doesn't fly. Okay. Because you, if you have a fried chicken sandwich, <laughs> you, that's that, that gets picked and that takes up all of that. Right. A cheeseburger is the same as a hamburger. Okay. Uh, you know, you, it's. 
it's fairly tight on that. You're not gonna you're not gonna luck your way into one type of sandwich, you know, where you get like all sorts of other sandwiches. That let me in it. let me ask you one one other one then. Uh, a tuna fish sandwich, tuna melt, different sandwich. That's gonna be uh, that's you get uh, you, it's only one of those can be drafted. Okay. But you only get the one of them. That's okay. what's so tough about the sandwich draft. Okay. You pick a tuna belt, you're not getting a regular tuna fish sandwich. Okay. Okay. Uh, somebody had the, the nerve to say, can I just take like a, a submarine and I get, you know, submarine oh. type of bread that I can put whatever I want in there. And I said, what? you you get out of here. What? I said, I, that person was disqualified in his left sandwich list for the rest <laughs> of their life. Now, uh, this time I, I, uh, uh, while we've been talking, the first round wrapped up, and I'm okay. just going to recap the first round, All and right. then I want your thoughts, and uh, then we'll see you know, what you might say should be drafted in the second round. For those that haven't listened to a food draft before, here's how it works. <laughs> uh, there's going to be four rounds, although we're only doing two on the air, and uh, everybody gets to draft in a snake draft format. You get to pick a sandwich, and at the end of the draft, those four sandwiches that you picked are the only ones you can have for the rest of your life. So you might want to care about variety, but we're only going to be in the first two rounds where variety is probably not as important. But if there's something that's different and you want it early, you better lock it down because you once somebody drafts it, you can never get it. I'm uh, out on the limb prediction, Nick. Before before I even hear these picks, I think it's going to be a strong day for Dougie Poots. Oh my goodness! I think it's going to be a great day for Dougie. All right. Well, he is yeah. in the draft. Yeah. It probably doesn't surprise you to learn Dougie Poots is <laughs> no. participating. He's gonna. He's in there. I'm hoping. I'm hoping Milton Berle's in here. No relation. Uh, no, he's not. He's, he's not. not. Okay. He's not. It's a. Uh, it's a bunch of folks you haven't uh, heard probably oh, okay. before, except Dougie Poots is back. Oh, that's now, great. Now I gotta ask you before you even hear because I I, I know the answers, but you tell me uh, what do you think first pick is going to be? Just if you had to guess, I'm thinking. I think you can't go wrong. Cheeseburger. Yeah. I got to tell you. You can't go wrong. This is why he's the color. He's the best color man in the business because uh, Sergeant Major Lisa Doyle (laughs) with the first pick. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. And she served up a cheeseburger. Okay, great. And I got to tell you, that seems like the right choice. I think that's there. There's only one, discluding the hamburger, which which I maybe maybe should or should not be doing. Yeah. I think there's only one other sandwich I would put in that in that realm. All right, what is that one other sandwich if you're up in here? Philly cheesesteak. I gotta tell you what. Nipsey appetite with really? the second pick with cheesesteak. Okay. There we go. With cheesesteak. Those to me, uh to me, you're gonna talk about the greatest for me for me there's three sandwiches that are in the upper echelon. Mm-hmm. They are the the tier S they call for for those that like video <laughs> games. The tier S, the S tier, they say, of sandwiches. For me, there's only three, and that is the cheeseburger, the cheesesteak, mm-hmm. and your hot pastrami. Okay, Those, and with cheese. Uh, that that to me that's that's your absolute S tier, and so I would expect to see those go early. Nick, I, you hot, know I love a gyro, but hot, it's, I can't pretend it's as good as those three. Hot pastrami uh, slash like a Reuben, or is uh, is those that, are two different two sandwiches different. Okay, for, for this contest? Okay, great. And I wouldn't have a single. I would have a bit of a problem. Yeah. Let me tell you, third, oh, no. third pick, yeah? Ruben Delacour. Ruben. Oh. No, oh, his no. name is Ruben sorry. Delacour. I, I jumped, sorry. But he went with a Ruben. <laughs> okay. I jumped, but I was right. He to did. Jump. He, okay. I mean, the man's name is Ruben. And I got to tell you, I don't buy that pick. What yeah. do you What do you think? If you, obviously, you love the first two picks. I, I adore okay the first two picks. Pick? I, I'm fine. I'm fine with that third pick. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's not it's not my flavor, but that's a strong sandwich. That's it's uh it's got a great pedigree. Oh, it's a great you know, sandwich. like it's I don't think you can 
can go wrong. I got to tell and you what. Ruben, correct me if I'm wrong because I don't know if I've ever had one. There's some sour sauerkraut on there and you get the Thousand Island. Is oh, that, yeah, is that's that right? right? That's great. Yeah. You're I mean, doing the, good there. the bread is uh, what? I mean, people forget. Like you want to talk about the sandwich. What's the most important part of the sandwich? It's ultimately the bread. You got to have great bread. Okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. The meat is critical. The cheese yep. is critical. But if I'm listing the most important parts of a sandwich, yep. my order is number one is sauce. Number two is bread. And if if you if you twist my arm and want to put bread number one, I bite. Yeah. It's only then am I getting the meat, mm-hmm. then I'm gonna do cheese, and then I'm gonna do the veggies or whatever. You know, I the, don't the, care. Yeah, the accoutrement, whatever. Yeah, accoutrement. whatever it's not yeah. that's it doesn't not matter. Yep. It it definitely matters, but you get that sauce. A uh, sauce is so critical, and, and so that's what makes a Reuben I'd work. It's a sauce combo with that b- b- wonderful bread. Maybe, maybe it's the last bite. Maybe you ate, you know, maybe you ate your sandwich if it was on a sub roll from one one end to the other. Yeah, that's right. But if that last little thing is just some bread and whatever, maybe sauce you had oh, on there and juice, God. that's still a great bite. That sometimes it's the best. bite. Yeah, it's a great bite. I get a, sa- a sandwich. Uh, we used to we used to tape from time to time in Princeton, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. They got the Hoagie Haven there. They got a bacon cheesesteak. Uh, I get the one with five saucer. Ooh. Put five sauces on it. It's actually six. It's a misnomer. It's, a, <laughs> it's an historical accident, but I call it the five saucer. It's got uh, it's got ketchup, barbecue sauce, mayo, Ooh. mustard, Ooh. oil, and vinegar. Okay. You put all that on there, and you get a bite at the end. It's just probably a little bit of meat all and some soggy juice, bread yeah. and that sauce. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Oh, my God. I, I got to tell you, Mrs. Delicious, my mother, uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, there's two Not Mrs. Your wife. Delicious, right? Yeah. I, I, I realized when I said Mrs. Delicious, you might think my wife, you might think my mother, but my mother, Mrs. Delicious, would always uh, she'd say, "You got to eat, you got to eat the your whole plate." Yeah, and I remember going and getting that that cheesesteak and saying, "Now I get it. Yeah, I see why you got it. It's good to the last bite." Your wife's maiden name was Yum Yum. That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah we uh, there was a log feud between the Deliciouses <laughs> and the Yum Yums. And uh, we were a marriage of convenience uh, that tried to bring those powerful families together. Uh, it turned out, though, uh, I was not willing to continue in the lineage of my family, and I, I had a calling. That calling was commentating on food draft. I was, I was, I was uh, hoping that she would hyphenate and just be Betty Yum Yum Delicious. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I got to tell you, we had some arguments about that. <laughs> Sorry. And, Sorry uh, we both went our separate ways. <laughs> Fourth pick. Fourth pick. Uh, this was Mary Contrarian, mm. and she did something which was interesting to me. I didn't hate it, but you might. And that is, she went with the grilled cheese at four. Ooh, yeah, I don't like it. Okay, I don't like it. I don't mind it. I got to tell you, a grilled cheese and bacon is. Uh, but a can nice, she do that? Simple, wonderful sandwich. Well, she she said specifically grilled cheese with bacon. Okay, because that way you can always with the sandwich. Pull that bacon off, okay. If you don't want it, in the future. and that takes that takes any grilled cheese off the board That's for correct. anybody. Nobody okay. else is getting a grilled cheese. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a bit of a reach. She did she did grilled cheese with bacon and tomato. I personally get that tomato off immediately. Okay, but uh, I don't mind it. Mary contrarian, a bit of a contrarian pick. Yeah. Fifth up is your man Dougie Poots. Uh, I think Dougie's gonna have a strong. I don't here. think you're gonna agree. I think it's great with your freaking. He didn't go like notion. peanut butter. Uh, he didn't go peanut butter. Ooh. Dougie Poots went. I mean, this was a bold call, oh, and well. I gotta say, one I do not agree with. He went with the Monte Cristo. I love it. <laughs> I love it, Dougie. Are you seriously a fan of that Monte Cristo pick? I don't mind it. I okay. really don't mind it. It's a, it's a, it's a, a sandwich with a strong personality. 
It's on French toast, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and then sort of a sort of a corned beef or a pastrami, uh, or is it ham? I think ham? of it as kind of a ham mix. You know, okay, you know, it's like a it's like a chicken Kiev. You got with mul- ham. multiple <laughs> cold cuts in there, and then you put powdered sugar in the damn thing. I didn't know that. I didn't and then know you that. You put some syrup on there from time to time. Hell, I didn't know. I I think this it's a decadent sandwich. This is Dougie Poots' single best pick in any draft in any round. Wow, I don't mind it. I, I think wouldn't do it myself, but I don't mind it. I, I do like pineapple. I think he drafted pineapple once, but <laughs> it's a lot better than his plantain pick. I got to say that. All right. Uh, and just rounding out the first uh, the first round, Andrew St. Clair. Okay. Uh, went with hot pastrami, which, uh, you know, I like. Right. And then I'll tell you who was upset about that pick was who picked seventh, and that is Rick hot pastrami oh, Papa Giorgio's. No. <laughs> you know, he was sitting there waiting and hoping and uh, uh, losing his namesake sandwich. He went with the lobster roll. Okay. And then at Interesting. eight, uh, Aaron Goldsmith went with the classic Italian sandwich. Okay. So I want your thoughts on the back half of the first round. We've already talked about the Monte Cristo. Talk to me about the hot pastrami, the lobster roll, and the Italian sandwich. How are those for picks? I got, I got, I got no problem. I got no problem with any of them. The hot pastrami is a substantial sandwich. A nice, a nice warming, a comfort. Ah, it's got, so it's good. got some good. It's again a great pedigree to there. Lobster roll, interesting. Did not, did not have it. Did not even think about it. But if that's, if that's a, a, a thing you like, and I know a lot of people do, it's kind of a luxury item and picnic fare at the same, at the same time. You know, yeah. it can fill you up. It's, I don't, I don't mind it. it it's, it's, uh, it is like I said, it is a luxury luxury item so it's not the kind of thing you you can wrap and put in a lunchbox that's you right know? like um i don't think it's the kind of thing you should put in your mouth but that's me <laughs> i'm not a big lobster man i'm not a lobster roll fan but i will say in defense of the pick that's the sort of thing where if you like it there's nothing quite like yeah it, it really is it, you it's, know it's, it's 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 unique it is unique and so if you get it for the hot pastrami like uh, somebody's gonna get a corned beef sandwich later that's not that different i will yep. say on the reuben the one thing I don't like about the Reuben pick is uh, I prefer the Rachel, which is the same thing as a Reuben, but you swap in pastrami for the corned beef. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, that's gotcha. A Rachel. And the Italian sandwich, I think that's that's fine. That's a good everyday. It's a good it's a good hard day of work lunch sandwich. You can make a meal out of that if you want to have it after dinner or whatever. There's a lot. Was it three, four different meats on there? Yeah, uh, I, I got to tell you, the Italian sandwich is versatile. Yeah, and it's under it's an underrated yeah. sandwich. That would be in my top eight. I think for that's sure. a fine. I think it's a fine sandwich. And you get oil and vinegar on that typically. Oh, you, to- and, yeah. you get your sauces. Yeah. Add your toppings. Okay. But, I mean. A couple types of cheese probably, too. There are not many and- sandwiches that hold condiments yeah. and sauces better than an Italian. Yeah. Like, uh, like I think about putting mayo on a good Italian. I right. mean, it- here's how good an Italian sandwich is. Subway has a decent one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I, I got to say, like. Uh, sometimes we take uh, the little delicious yum yum children <laughs> and we run them out and we don't have a lot of time and we go to Subway <laughs> and I'm like oh my god there's nothing to eat here and then I remember hey you know what I get the Italian sandwich uh-huh. it's, it's a 1 out of 10 Italian sandwich and that makes it a 7 out of 10 food right. item <laughs> so I want to know because we're, we're there at a break right now yeah. we're waiting for them to start the second round of course it's a snake draft so Aaron yep. Goldsmith is going to get another pick right after her Italian sandwich what what is it what didn't come off the board in the first round you'd think is the most egregious? And what are you kind of pleasantly surprised to see drop a little bit? Um, I I'm not a huge 
you know, like there's there's some sandwiches that have been around forever that just don't have a ton of personality. Ham sandwich, you know. Oh, yeah. like, um, I like roast beef sandwich, but I also one of the reasons I I kind of like Poots's pick of Monte Cristo is it has such a strong personality. And, and his, something like a ham sandwich or a or a roast beef sandwich, it's fine, that's but the, it it's doesn't like the, have any pizzazz. It's like the prince of sandwiches. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing stronger personality wise. Here's here's a here's Christ. a couple that I really like that I have not seen yeah. uh, not seen go yet and and I think this is a fine one for the wraparound too because even though it would classically be considered Italian it's so unlike an Italian sandwich something like a chicken parm which is one of one of my favorite types. Gotta of Gotta tell you, I'm a little surprised and disappointed that chicken parm is still on the board. yeah still on the board. That's a great sandwich. So, uh, meatball subs really good too mm-hmm. in that vein, but a chicken parm yeah. is outstanding. If somebody takes eggplant parm. I'm gonna riot. Yeah, I'm gonna riot. I, I, I don't know. It could be a poots pick. I, I don't want to. I don't want to look into the future. Yeah. Uh, tuna melt patty melt. Either either of those, I think, are are, are great sandwiches. Classic BLT. If you've got yourself a good dinner sandwich already, a really hearty make a meal out of it dinner sandwich, then you can have something like a BLT or a club, which is more lunch. You know, lunch lunch fare. Right. Fried right. chicken, though, that's the one I'm surprised. Probably fried chicken sandwich. There's so much hubbub about it now. It's you know always it's in gonna, the news. You, you that, know, it's going at some point this yeah. round. However, I I gotta say, I, I like a fried chicken sandwich. Fine. But it's not anywhere near to me the royalty of sandwiches, yeah. and yeah. I, I think like the, one of the things about the sandwich draft is there's so many great sandwiches. Yeah, that you got to spend the first two rounds getting the absolute the best yeah. of the best. Don't worry about your day to day sandwich, in my opinion. Yeah, early on because there are there are plenty to get. Yeah, along the way, the ones that it's just a different meat in the bread. Your turkey sandwich, your ham sandwich, your roast beef sandwich, those are, you can be around. You can put anything, a bologna sandwich, you can throw anything in there. I think- uh, bologna sandwich, get out of here with that. I, I Do you think PB&J goes in well, the first three rounds? I don't know. I, I don't either. It's, I don't that's either. A, you have that's to have a, a lot- card. Oh, you have to have a lot taken care of before you go out and get the PBJ, well, right? Well, you know, the only thing I'll say in the defense of somebody, I wouldn't pick it, but mm-hmm. the only thing I'm going to say in defense if somebody does is- there's not another PB&J club. Yep. Okay. There's a lot of uh, good salty meats yeah. available. And so you could say in the same vein as the lobster pick, right? Because you could say, you know what? If I don't get the peanut butter and jelly, what am I getting that's like it? And so I'm going to go ahead and take it. And then I'm not going to worry as much about whether I uh-huh. get a roast beef right. or, uh, y- y- you know, a... Uh, uh, Cuban sandwich uh-huh. or a steak sandwich or something like that that all can kind of uh, fold in on each other. Steak sandwich, uh, you can see going high, but you know it just hasn't yeah. here, and I, I don't mind that it hasn't. Yeah, here's okay. one that I like that I don't think we'll see. But if I was, if I felt really strong after my first three rounds, I'd get a, a falafel sandwich. That's one a personal oh, favorite. I really like. That. I got. Oh, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, yeah. but Erin Goldsmith is back at the yep. podium, and there it goes. She's holding up. And my favorite thing about the sandwich draft is they have all these sandwiches ready. Yeah. And so she, there she goes. She's having a turkey sandwich. Ooh. Turkey sandwich specifically, it looks like she's put on some pear, some brie, what? some arugula, what? a little bit of jam. So this what seems like a, this? Very, like a very specific sandwich. Here? But that's going to count as a turkey sandwich. Wow. Uh, and I got to say. That surprises me. I don't think I agree with the pick. Yeah. Because, uh, look, here's, here's the argument for the turkey sandwich. Hey. Nick Delicious. You can eat a cheesesteak every day. What are you out of you out of your mind? I can eat a turkey sandwich basically every day. Yeah. So that's gonna be mm. a nice solid staple. And I'm like, you know what? Here's the thing. That's not flying with me. Mm-mm. Because 
I could eat these day other sandwiches. Yeah, you know, I mean, day after Thanksgiving. Go ahead. Day after Christmas, maybe. Don't don't give me that. I don't. That's that's surprising with Italian sandwich meat. Such a strong selection there. That was great. I love that. Maybe she went, you know, from like red, kind of red meat cold cuts to a white meat. It uh, feels a little like, hey, let me get a healthy yeah, one in there. In which yeah. case, I would go with a grilled chicken if I'm that's demanding fine. a healthy you. sandwich. That's absolutely fine. All right, but oh, hey, uh, we are ready. We're moving along quickly here. It's, <laughs> it's Rick. Rick Hot. Well, you know how long these drafts take. It's Rick Hot Pastrami Papa Giorgios. <laughs> And he, oh my God, look at this guy. He's going to be the king of the sea because he's packing what? his lobster roll. Like he's backing it up with fish? a shrimp po' boy. Okay. A shrimp po' boy. That's a New Orleans special yeah, right, right there. Well beloved down there. A little bit of a reach, perhaps. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess if you're a seafood nut, fine. But, you know, like you can put other stuff on, on po' boys, too, there, if you want to get a wider breath of flavors there. You can you can make a fine po' boy. I like a shrimp stuff, po' boy. Yeah. I'll put that up with just about any po' boy. But I got to tell you. Uh, you hit you hit with the pick this man should have made. Yeah, yeah that's the chicken parm. Chicken parm. It's still the on the board. Chicken parm should have been the pick. Still on the board. Should have been the pick. Chicken there. parm or veal parm. I yeah. also like veal parm. But, but look, those are still on the board. I can't believe it. Tuna melts on it. Still on the. Still not. I didn't get to make these picks. I, you know, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on tuna melt, but otherwise, uh, you and I are about on the same page here. Here comes Andrew St. Clair. He took a hot pastrami yeah. early on, which I love that pick, and he's backing it up. Cold with pastrami. <laughs> He's gone with the pulled pork sandwich. Oh, fine. Certainly. Fine, 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 fine. Certainly a good pick. Would have been a mistake if that had drifted outside. Yeah. You know yeah. what? And I hadn't even hadn't even dawned on me. Hadn't even dawned on so me. So many good sandwiches. Great. So many good That's sandwiches. Great. Uh, so I love where he's starting. He's got a hot pastrami. He's got a pulled pork. Strong draft. Uh, he's going to want to probably find something that's in a little bit of the outside of the salted meat zone. Yeah, for, maybe uh, something you can have cold, too. Maybe you can, something you can have cold. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There, but there's plenty of options uh, sitting out there. Like maybe Can't a, wait to see Dougie's roast beef. Oh, my God. I, got I, I don't care for this pick. Oh. He's picked my least favorite sandwich. Whoa, your Man. least favorite sandwich? Uh, yeah, my least favorite sandwich is coming in from Dougie Poots. It, maybe the one time where you love Dougie Poots. Like and a cucumber sandwich? Uh, those British? Nope. I would absolutely eat that over this. Would eat any sandwich. Oh, portobello <laughs> mushroom sandwich. Uh, that would be my second least oh, favorite. Okay. That's a great guess. I <laughs> uh, hope nobody takes that. <gasps> uh, but he went with a muffaletta. Oh, okay. I don't mind it. Yeah, it's uh, it's with the uh, with the olive jardinere and stuff on there. Yeah, yeah. it's like cilantro. It is. You know what I mean? It's like people either like it or you have a strong negative reaction yeah. to it. And unfortunately, I wish I could like it. I think I it, it's it's similar to me in thought as, as an Italian as an Italian sandwich. Yeah, but it's got oh my god, it's yeah. just a dominant olive spread. Mm-hmm. I do not care for Alex. I was not wrong. Dougie Poots had the strongest draft of of his of his life. What you in gotta this love one. about Poots personality galore in these sandwiches. Poots doesn't care what's on the board. He doesn't all. You, you get all your experts. You know, you got like uh, uh, Tom Ham, one of the great <laughs> uh, one of the great uh, draft. You know, he's like the Mel Kiper Junior of, of sandwich <laughs> drafts, and he comes in here and he's got his big board up there. Dougie Poots doesn't care about that. Man. He's never going to like say, hey, what is what is conventional wisdom? Dougie Poots can say, what are the sandwiches I want? What do I like? Uh, order be damned. I'm not going to worry about that I could got muffaletta in the third or fourth round. He's taking it I'm now. I'm going to go back and look it. at some of these drafts and see if I didn't get them wrong. The Swedish yeah, fish man. draft, uh, the pineapple and plantain draft. I got to I gotta go look at this You're a little hard. You're hard on Dougie Poots. Two now. of the top four in the second round, both uh, from the Big Easy. 
It's there's a little there's a, there's a Cajun sandwich true. run That's right now. Absolutely right. Uh, next up, Mary Katrarian. She needs something really she, hearty. Uh, she led off with grilled cheese and the bacon. grilled cheese and bacon. And I gotta tell you, you something you can fill up. She here. came back with a chicken parm. She did she strong did. melted cheese on both, which is is you know is going to get flavor redundant, but it's That's a strong right. second round pick. She's got to go a cheeseless sandwich in that third yeah, round. Yeah, you think right, or just one that's now, not melted? How, we talked about this earlier. What do you think about a peanut butter jelly if it drifts to her in the third round? I mean, that might be a decent. I don't flavor know. Profile I think to mix and match. But I think then she's got two childs, two basically children sandwiches on her hands. She's right. got the grilled cheese that's and then right. the PB. I. I I I think she still needs a hearty a hearty cold sandwich in the in that third uh, in that third round. Then that she can do parm, whatever she wants. That chicken before. parm is a great hearty yeah. hot sandwich, though. Yep. Yeah. All right, Mary Contrarian is done. Uh, now up comes Ruben. Ruben Delacour. Yeah. Uh, let off with the Ruben. He's gonna back it up with a little choice. Uh, I hate to see it. Grilled chicken. Grilled chicken, a grilled chicken okay. sandwich. It is. Uh, it's a nod to uh, health. Mm-hmm. It's a nod to versatility, and it's a nod to uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you, you can eat it day after day. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. Uh, I can't eat can't eat a cheeseburger six days a week. Uh, you you could theoretically do that with a grilled chicken sandwich. Here's here's what you can do with the grilled chicken sandwich. You can have it cold or hot, and I think that is I think that's, that's right. a real a real nice a real nice adaptability to that. Yeah. I think Reuben grilled chicken is is a is a is a nice pairing. Those are those are two strong those are two strong I elements. I can't disagree. A grilled chicken is a pretty good choice. Yeah. And and again, you know, it's, got red meat, got white meat. There's yeah. a, he's covered a lot of bases I think, with those two. I, I think Aaron Goldsmith should have gone with that grilled chicken instead yeah. of the turkey, and, and then I would say yep. we're, we're right down Main Street. I absolutely agree. I couldn't agree more. There's, someone could end up with uh, one of these top two could end up with some some dynamo combos, some dynamo pairings because they are so strong after the first. Well, round. here's Nipsey Appetite. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting yeah. call. I'll give you three guesses. And I'm just going to say. Uh, off the beaten path. Coming off a cheesesteak and then off the beaten path. Off the beaten path. I'll give you one Ooh, more like hint. Like a ham salad? Ham salad, okay. It's not ham salad. Okay. I'm going to next say, um, usually at the core of it is pork. Usually that's the- The, the Cuba? The, the Cubano? Meat. Not the Cubano. And I, mm-hmm. I got to say, I prefer his choice. But further off the beaten path a little bit, I would say, than that. Mm. And third, I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, think about some Asian flavors. Oh, like a those like those like bao bao um, the bon me really okay He's gone gotcha. with the bon me sandwich okay. there so you got it's a little bit of a a little bit of like a, I I'd go with a gyro certainly yeah. you know me I love a gyro yep. but he didn't he went with the bon me and I do like I tell you with with a, with cheese cheesesteak bon me combo is not too not too bad Feels right because that's also that's usually like a like a steamed like a steamed uh, bun yeah there's probably some fresh. Fresh veggie on yeah, there, you right? Got your, or some pickled uh, you got your cucumber, you got some pickled yeah. stuff, you got some carrots in there. I don't mind that at all. I think cheesesteak into gy- into gyro, you're kind of like two corner store sandwiches right there. You're you also know? like you're doing you're doing your cheap meal yeah. with two of your four sandwiches right. already. Uh, and whereas the bon me, especially if you go like um, nicely you go a little low on the sauce and a yeah. little low on the pork, you can get a bon me at a, you, at a very relative uh, re- reasonable calorie count. You got cheesesteak bon me, you can go anywhere around three. That's a You can go anywhere. Nipsey Appetite does. That's he knows strong. his way. That's he knows really his strong. way around. And now we're back at the right. top. We're back at the top. And this is, 
uh, Sergeant Major Lisa Jones. Thank you for your service. Lisa Doyle, excuse me, Sergeant Major Lisa. Thank Lisa you both. Doyle. Yeah, uh, Lisa Jones, of course, will be uh, coming up later <laughs> with the ice cream flavor draft. Uh, but uh, Sergeant Major Lisa Doyle going with the PB and J. Okay, put with the cheeseburger. cheeseburger. Do you think? Okay. Do you think that's a a bad enough miss that you say, oh? Because what I want you to do is tell me that give me the two people you think are best situated after two rounds, and give me the two people you think you're going to need a little work in the third. I think Sergeant round. Major needs a really strong third round pick with that. Okay. I, I really do. Here, here's my my inkling is she went PBJ there because your basic ham sandwich, your you know like a, a bologna sandwich. There's there's a lot of kind of like classic sort of lunch meat sandwiches that haven't right. been taken. The roast beef sandwich hasn't been taken. So I think there's a, a lot of places you can still go. I don't think you're going to see her do that because I think that PBJ is a stand-in for the everyday sandwich. Really? I, I think if you're going to, I think she, I would expect her at the top of the third round to drop something like a meatball sub or yeah, tuna melt, something say, interesting like that. I, 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 I like the meatball sub or a sub in general. I want, I want a long bun on on the board third there. Cheeseburger and PBJ. She's got she's got uh small, uh, you know, round bun and and basically, you know, sliced bread. Get yourself a different shaped a different like, shaped bun out there. I like what you're saying there. Yeah. I like so give me the give me uh so she's one that you think needs to improve a little bit. Give me the two that are in strongest situated right Cheese now. Cheesesteak bun me. Okay. Absolutely great, great spot powerful there. spot. Nipsey appetite and you, Dougie Poots. Oh, come on now. With the muffaletta. With the muffaletta and the Monte Cristo? No way. Dougie can go absolutely ordinary <laughs> down home with the third uh, one. Absolutely just everyday streetwear with that he, one. Or he can go just crazy. No, he's got two terrible... He's got... He's got. He's lining up Vegas showgirls here so far. You're too... I, I gotta say, I think you're a little too focused on no. the 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 ways he can pivot. Uh, yeah, but he, that Monte Cristo is a sandwich you don't want to eat more than about once a year. <laughs> Dougie, Dougie obviously does. Uh, the muffaletta is oh, horrible. The muffaletta no, is so substantial. The muffaletta uh, is the muffaletta is the Italian sandwich on a round, you know, in a in a round with with uh, with with olive and and olive tapenade. Uh, if I had to take Dougie's two, two situated. that I think are really well situated, I really like uh, St. Clair with the hot pastrami mm-hmm. and the pulled pork, and the Reuben and grilled chicken are 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 fine. I think that's situated. a great spot yeah. to be. Uh, I I really like Mary Contrarian being on the grilled cheese. Uh, most most people are in a good spot. But uh, I do think the PB and J uh, was a little bit of a reach. Yeah, uh, yeah. Where I don't like there. it there because cheeseburger you can't go wrong. I mean, yeah. cheeseburger plus anything is a good first two rounds. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll see. And we're gonna have to come back later. I'm sorry, we won't. Uh, we've already gone on quite a while. <laughs> we might have this. just done 40 minutes. <laughs> I know, but I'll talk about sandwiches. I'll talk about sandwiches a very, very long time. Oh my All right. gosh! All right, let's fly through these last last few. Okay. So here's the situation, Rush. Uh, this is uh, based on worst worst life. Um, a data and graphics group has been assigned to make a chart of your life as a person. So uh, it's, it'll be graphing out your best and worst self over time, and they have a few questions for you before charting you out. Okay. Cool? Yep. So first question is, not in the form of a particular incident, but as an overall person, have you already been the worst version of yourself, and when in life would that have been? Um. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, th- I think I've already been the worst version of myself, probably when I was, you know, two. Okay. It's hard to top that, <laughs> but um, 
yeah, I, I, I hope I hope that you continue to progress and grow, and I, I, I hope that I've already been the worst version. Maybe when I was in my um, somewhere in the fifteen to twenty-two year old range. And can you give me just a couple qualities that you would attribute to yourself then that may that make you think you were you were your worst? Um. Well, I mean, selfish, insecure, um, and uh, those things like stick with me a bit. Um, more probably the former than the latter. But I think the 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 thing that I had as a child, which you know, not my parents' fault or anything, but which I've kind of grown out of, is like um, a certain level of like cruelty. I think that's taking it too far, okay. but just in the same way that kids can be tough on other people, I think I was too judgmental and too hard on some people, uh, totally unfairly, and and that I that I look back on with uh, regret, and would I think I would be most embarrassed to watch a tape of myself in my junior high years, kind of how I talked about certain people and stuff okay. like that's uh, um, unacceptable. In in that line, is there an age or life circumstance that you think most commonly makes people their worst, their worst version of themselves? Yeah, I th- I, we've talked about it before, but I, and again, I, I think I had great teachers and a great family to, to help me go through this process, but I think there comes that point in time and it's, you know, around puberty or whatever, where, um, you know, you realize for the first time that you're not like the best at everything and you realize that you're going to have to fight to be cool or be uh, accepted. And there are a lot of bad things that come out of that. Okay. And so I think uh, I think there's a reason that most people would say junior high is like a plurality of people would say that junior high is the worst time of their life. And I think that's because you go through these things and and um it just it's a bad uh it's a bad stew you okay. know for what can happen um last question rush have you already been your best self if so what did it look like if not what do you think it will look like i hope not i think that uh i hope with time i will uh again continue to progress as a person i would like to think as I've said before, I think I, you know, a battle that I have throughout my life is 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 dealing with my own uh, proclivity towards selfishness, and I think um, that's something that I hope to continue to um, uh, work my way through o- over time. And I think that um, you know, I, I I've been very fortunate in my life. I've had a lot of opportunities that not everybody gets. I've had a lot of privileges that not everybody gets. And I hope that I will continue to be able to utilize uh, the opportunities that I have to to better myself as a person, which I think will have the impact of uh, of, of of helping others. So I would like to see myself um, more communally uh, community engaged and taking better care of of my body and uh, spirit. Um, even though I think I you know from time to time make decent strides in that. Perfect. That was it, man. They're, they're going to work on a chart, probably give it to you in, a, in like 30 years. All right, good. Yeah. I'll, I'll, <laughs> again, I'll be dead. All right. Uh, they hope to get it to you right before then. So again, since I took forever on the sandwich stuff, I'll do a quick one here. Okay. Um, and this is, 
this is a pretty simple situation that's more like <laughs> just playing would you rather almost but right. because it's three things it's not would you rather oh great so it's here on a game show called pick the worst <laughs> you're gonna and be on you, a game show next that's yeah, great nice so here's the situation you have to pick the worst <laughs> okay buddy. of these scenarios there's always going to be three all right and i just want to know which one's the worst and why first yes you are uh you're not allowed to touch your face okay or you're not allowed to stand for more than one hour straight. Okay. Or you are not allowed to visit one of the 100 busiest airports at any time. Which of those three things, which of those three limitations would be the worst for you to have to put on yourself? Not allowed to touch my own beautiful face. Okay. You couldn't make it. You would, it would I, drive I, you crazy. I a lot of itching. I, like, it, it, and, it, could I still shave? Or would that be still touching my face? I guess you'd be allowed to shave, but you okay. could, you just couldn't. But wipe my eyes and all that no, kind of stuff. No, the yeah. wiping the eyes is nah, kind of where it that's came the from worst. to begin with. Yeah, that's the worst. Okay. Uh, that seems fair. Uh, sex, the second one. Uh, every time you pet a dog, you pee yourself. Okay. Every time you pet a dog, the, that dog pees on you. Okay. Or every time you use a new toilet that you've never used for the first time, there's a one in a thousand chance that a bobcat attacks you right after you sit down. <laughs> one in a thousand. One in a thousand. Worst is, uh, <laughs> worst is a dog. <laughs> the dog pees on you. Uh, pees on me. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. That I pee my I pee myself. That's worse than the dog peeing on you. Yeah. Why? Because yeah. they like it's 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 it seems more embarrassing or shameful for like. To not be able to control your own pee than yeah. for a, like a dog who kind of pees everywhere, you know, like mm. to have peed on you. Uh, I would have accepted it's on the inside of my pants instead of, the out, <laughs> instead of more likely on my shoes. You would have. Ex- you would won't have accept this. I won't accept this answer. <laughs> no, okay. I. I. So you're. I mean, you're probably gonna fight two, <laughs> two bobcats <laughs> in your life. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm just guessing really you're gonna two thousand toilets in your life. What do you think? Yeah, probably. Yeah, but but man, you know, like I use a lot of the same ones. I understood. Yeah. We all we all do. Yeah, but there's just gonna be time. You're like in the art museum, and you're like, well, I gotta go. So yeah, it's, I'll run uh, a. I'll make sure I'm one in a thousand. I'm in the art museum. <laughs> yeah, you're traveling you're in your <laughs> hotel in Paris, and you're like, hey. Now that's the trouble. The hotel is the is at least that first time. Every time you go to a different hotel, yeah. that's trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I mean, you're gonna use a lot of toilets. Yeah. Like you're, there are gonna be some spots where you probably are like, I can't take the one in a thousand chance. Mm-hmm. Like when you're in an airplane. Yeah. If you really, I mean, Bobcat pops. There's out not of, many times I've used yeah. gone uh, taking a deuce, if you will, in an airplane. But uh, I think it w- that number would go down to zero <laughs> if there was a chance I'm fighting an air- on an airplane against a bobcat. I, I, I do hear you. I think I could. I think I I, I could make it the rest of my life. I w- I wouldn't care to do it, but I think I could make it the rest of my life not petting a dog. So I'm gonna say the worst is the bobcat. Okay, uh, and last one I'll do for you. Um, for each of the next twenty years, you grow one inch taller. Okay. For each of the next twenty years, you shrink one inch, one inch shorter. Ooh. Or for each of the next twenty years, you gain ten pounds. Which is the worst of those three things? The last one is for each of each of the, how many years? They're all twenty years. Oh, that ten either. pounds, dude. Two hundred. You're gonna be eight feet I'd, tall. Aren't you gonna die at eight feet? I'd, like people I'd, can't make it. Nobody's eight feet tall. Yeah, well, dude, 
you're, you're probably the most attractive is to shrink down. Even yeah, though, be even four though, one in twenty years. Yeah, which you know I might be close to. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean that's obviously the not the word. That's the well, the best. first couple years where you're growing an inch are great. <laughs> yeah, first couple. <laughs> first for me, I would love like I mean even like really six years I would enjoy growing an inch probably. I yeah, mean, but then it's like oh no. This is this has gotten out of control, and then the health issues are going to be a major. Yeah, problem. I mean, either way, at eight foot or at four hundred, it's going to be tough to get. It's tough, tough to get. It's probably impossible at eight foot. Really brutal to get around at four hundred. Yeah, right. Oh yeah. Like those are way worse than the shrinking. Yeah, but so you, you'd rather uh, grow the inches, enjoy a few years of yes. extra height rather than. Um, but you're saying you're saying I'm going to die. I, I would su- suspect you would, and, and not just not be able to like I, get all around. All I'm saying or... is whatever health consequences yeah, would guess normally growing. come with it. I guess growing, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think your I'm... blood won't be able to circulate. Your heart won't be able to pump to your brain that far away. I just, or your I, feet. I mean, who, what are the tallest people are? About seven six. Yeah, like minute bowls I mean, living, and stuff. And living life, all right. Yeah. Yeah, but but even those, it's so rare, and they and they usually don't make it too uh, too long. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm just just picking a new ball, I guess. All right, Rush, I have my last one for you. you. Ready? Yes. All right, here's you're on the game show, Rush. All right, I can put you on a game show too. Good. It's called "Do I Have That Club in My Bag?" Okay. Uh, it's oddly enough not at all about golf, but it is about clubs, Rush. Okay. And uh, by by uh, the do I have that in my bag? It's like do I know what that club does? Cool. Okay. So I'm going to give I'm going to name for you a club, group, or society, and you have to tell me their basic mission or purpose. These are all actual clubs that existed or have existed. Okay. And so there there is a thing that they actually do. Cool. Okay. The first group is called Flag F L A. What does that group, club, or society do? Oh, uh, that's an acronym, right? Flag. Yep. So it's the um, uh, it's the Fellowship of Larrys against Garys, <laughs> and uh, it people named Larry don't like people named Gary because they often get confused, <laughs> and so that's a club full of Larrys uh, who uh, they hate. Um, <laughs> Glaff, uh-huh. which is Garys against Larrys. <laughs> Uh, foundation rush it's a, it's a great answer okay i can't i can't give you credit uh, it's it is it is an well, acronym am I trying to get the right answer uh, if you want to oh, it doesn't okay, matter sorry. um it's the foundation for law and government it was founded by knight in- industries and ran the kit program in knight rider oh I, yeah I I, known. I, I, one of the great theme songs in uh tv history i'll give you another one rush how about the fresno bulldogs What's their what's their purpose? The Fresno Bulldogs. Well, there is Fresno State Bulldogs, the college uh, team and mascot, but that's not what it is. Not them. Yep. Okay, so the Fresno Bulldogs were uh, uh, they they're in Fresno, Colorado, um, not that far from Vail, and they were uh, uh, they're not the St. Bernards aren't like a major um, breed in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they would run uh, down the hill with the. Uh, uh, kegs of brandy on their necks, <laughs> but it uh, it ended up getting discontinued because they'd often avalanche because they it would pull them down and then they'd just start rolling and gathering snow. That's a great answer. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't. They're uh, they're a criminal street gang. Oh yeah, I get partial. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, here's the next group, Soul Force. How about so- Soul Force? Oh my god, that that sounds like what Trump would uh, 
We'd be like, we need a group of dancers. Um, so I'm going to say that Soul Force is, uh, they are, uh, uh, they're unfortunately they're like they're the the bad wing of a cult who enforce the uh, they're like the police operation of uh, of a famous cult that uh, goes and if people uh, take bad actions that will hurt the souls of the other cultists they step in. That's a great answer. I hmm. uh, can't give you credit. Oh, yeah, that. it's a it's a social justice organization for LGBTQ issues. Oh, I got that one. I can't even give you a partial on. Yeah. How about how about this one? Rush the three percenters. Uh, those, those are top 1%, uh, pe- uh people <laughs> who drink 2% milk. <laughs> that's, that's a great, that's a great answer. That's the right answer. I'll I, give you, I, I'll give you, a, I'm in yeah. the 3%ers, TJ. You can't tell me that it, it's, I'll give you half. Thing. You get partial credit. That's okay. a, it's a far right, uh, militia movement and paramilitary group. Oh yeah. How about the Canadian club of Boston? The <laughs> Canadian club of Boston. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the same Canadian club. <laughs> Whether it's in Boston or anywhere else, it's a liquor. Uh, and uh, so the Canadian Club of Boston, I, mm-hmm. I would assume, is a group of uh, of uh, Mexicans in Arizona. <laughs> You'd assume wrong, Rush. Oh, it's okay. uh, it's a curling team, and they are uh, they are actually located in in Boston. Yeah, of course. Uh, last two, Rush. How about the Errol Flynn's? Ooh. The Errol Flynn's, uh, that is a, like, it's a Civil War reenactment society, except that they, it's not Civil War, but they're a reenactment group. Swashbuckle? Yeah, that do uh, pirate battles. That's a great answer. They're a a former criminal street gang out of of Detroit. Oh, have they ever run into the Fresno Bulldogs? (laughs) I don't know if they did. And the last one, the Almighty Saints. What city was the Fresno Bulldogs in? Fresno, California. Okay. Yeah. Uh, What is this? Uh, The Almighty Saints. Oh, um... That was that's an Emilio Estevez movie, <laughs> where he takes a ragtag group of uh, of uh, of Catholic uh, fat kids and turns them into a uh, award winning uh, 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 football team. I'll give you partial credit. They're a criminal street gang. Uh, they were started in the 1960s by Polish youth in Chicago. Wow. <laughs> oh, I've run into them. Yeah. Oh no, I was a member. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Almighty Saints. That's great. Oh my God, they heard my joke on the last episode. Now I'm in trouble. Okay, so let's come back, back to, to the where top. we started. Uh, and so the, here's the situation. You wake up one morning, TJ. You yeah. realize you have uh, repeating the exact same day from the day before. Yeah. The next morning it happens again, and you realize you've been Groundhog day Yep. Just like the film. And I want to know two things. Yeah. First, I want a list of a few things that you would do when you kind of selfishly are hoping you can figure a way out to get out of this. Right. So what are some thoughts of like, how are you going to break this trend? And then secondly, I'm going to ask you, and we'll come back to it, but what are some things you're going to choose to learn to do or or just not learn to do? How are you going to spend your time once you're resigned to the fact that you're going to live the same day over and over and over? Yeah. So I think the first thing off the top of my head, the first thing, um, it's been a while since I've seen the movie, so I'm not, I I don't remember if he tried these things, but, uh, my first thing is to try and travel as far away as I possibly can, that maybe it's, it's, you know, a geographically centered effect. And if I can get outside of the the radius of something that, that maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll be different. In the movie, he couldn't travel because of the snowstorm that comes into Uh, town and it, it locks down the roads and the airport. Um, 
I'd certainly seek some sort of medical attention to, to try and make sure it wasn't a brain tumor or it's just a, a, a matter of faulty perception on my behalf. And he does that in the movie and goes and sees your good friend. David. David Pasquazi, <laughs> who plays his psychiatrist and says, uh, would tomorrow be good for the next appointment? <laughs> I, I have an alcoholic. I think he says that. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Um, and then... I, this I do remember. He would he would try. I'd probably try and kill myself. He, see if he I tries can break that it, multiple break ways. It that way, right? And then he then he thinks he he gets a, like a messiah complex, right? Because he thinks oh. he can't die or whatever. Yeah, he sure does. Um, uh, gosh, they did a pretty good job then of like at least family feuding the top few the top few answers on my board right here yeah. as far as dealing with it. I think um, they did a great job with every frame of that movie. Yeah, one of my all time favorite movies. Um, gosh, I don't know what else I would. Just can't sleep for twenty four hours to see if you could break it. I don't know how else I would break the break the the I rhythm of it. It'd be all. tough. You came up with some good good ideas. Uh, I don't know. Maybe go and um, I don't know. Go find the biggest clock in town and yeah. destroy it. And be like somehow say, time like, is is my right. enemy here. The other thing I was thinking is like like yeah, if there's anything weird in town or a huge like power plant or yes. you know like a. You know, wherever the the biggest like yeah. <laughs> power plant, or you know, wherever the biggest what are they called? Like not power plants, but like just big. You know, where all the wires come out of. Oh, and yeah. Shit. <laughs> like, yeah. So if there's anything weird like just that, just go to facilities, <laughs> right? <laughs> Major facilities. And see, like, I w- I might try to figure out who are the like the weirdest folks in town, the most suspicious people, and just one by one try to uh, figure them out and see yeah. if, see if. They've got something to do. Some sort of nefarious, eccentric billionaire has figured right. out how to do this to you. I think the other thing is maybe like, hell, uh, just ask everybody you could run into, like, is any to see if anyone else is experiencing this, so that even if you are and you can't break it, then you can do, like hopefully develop at least for that day some sort of support, small support group. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So once I realize I'm not going to be able to get out of it, what am I going to do? Yep. At some How are you point, going to spend your time? I'm gonna. I am going to. I am going to like at some point experiment with what is like the thing I can. What is the most elaborate thing I can accomplish in basically 24 hours? Like, what's the biggest thing I can build in 24 okay. hours? What's the the you know like the most major like whatever civic art project I could get done in 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 20 in 24 24 hours? Um, what else am I going to do? Without a doubt, I'm going to, at some point, destroy something enormous. It wouldn't be the first thing I'll do, but once okay. I realize like everything gets restored, then... Yeah, you're just going to go on, oh, a, on a... Without a doubt, break... Breaking space. Find some place that has a ton of windows and smash tons and tons of, of windows. I think the one thing I'm not going to try to do is to develop any sort of like romantic feeling or or like strong begin a strong friendship that day yeah the heartbreak of being set back to one after that is going to be so sad you're going to choose to learn any skills like he learned how to play the piano and ice sculpt i i guess i mean yeah i may as well like at that point i've got eternity so it's almost like what are you going to spend what are you going to do in heaven if heaven isn't paradise? Yeah. I guess like try and get good at a ton of stuff, you know, like, I guess so. but then what do you do with it for any lasting effect? I could become like the best baker in the world. 
other than like I can't start a bakery and provide any like continuous like yeah. pleasure for these people. I you just can have get to really good at that Fortnite. day hand out <laughs> or uh, some other video game that where you'd have to pick a game that is over within 24 hours. Okay. So like you'd hate to get really good at uh, some, you know, like you build up a character, right? And, you know. <laughs> D and D based game, and then you're like, oh no, it just restarts every day. Do you have a sense of what you would? No, no. I, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, I always thought that movie was interesting in in the exploration of what you do with kind of omnipotence, but no ability to, but no permanence. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I guess I would, um, you know, because if you want to write a book or something, yeah, like you can't because no. it's the pages are gone. So what do you do? You can't. It it would be unbelievably frustrating. You could get great at things that take less time, like bowling or right. Um, I th- I think it's the thing that leads people to suicide that the that the things you do or your presence here has no lasting has no lasting effect. And once that that even that illusion of even semi permanence is removed, yeah. then nothing you do seems to mean much if it doesn't ripple out or have an effect or or last for a little bit right yeah i'd I'd probably drink a lot i'd probably you know um i I guess i you'd you'd eat you just have to be i don't know that you'd have to figure out some sort of um way to maintain some human contact but it would have to be like you said like it'd be a waste of time i mean you know, you. I guess you would hope you knew some people so that you would have a, an existing relationship. It could never advance any right. further. But if it was already a good relationship, then you'd. It, it almost makes you time. wonder why, given that scenario, or given you know the theory of Groundhog's Day, why like if if you come to the determination that you don't have a lasting effect, or that there isn't like there isn't a, a heaven thing, why you just don't live a really hedonistic lifestyle? Well, you know? right, but yeah. in the lesson of that movie for whatever reason is that he does that for a while and that doesn't it's not satisfying right right? so it's all about like what is yeah it's a movie about kind of the meaning of life a bit and uh ultimately what he you know does and i think maybe one thing that could be a fault with the movie but i don't know is that the thing as he betters himself to go back to some stuff we talked about earlier if as he betters himself and, and lives his life more for other people it has the impact of uh, allowing him outside of his dilemma, which yeah. is maybe metaphorical, in which case it's interesting and maybe a good choice, or it's maybe um, a deus ex machina, <laughs> in which case maybe it's a bad message. But in, in either case, it, that itself is thought-provoking too. But a couple of things that I like that he does, I mean, he learns everything about all these people. Right. Um, he uses it to like seduce that woman, Nancy, but also just like to know everybody in town and then ultimately... Um, he figures out who to try to help and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, maybe maybe you would um, you would you'd have to find some purpose. Anyway, it's just interesting I'd to think about. Find a buddy, start a podcast called uh, "Here's the Situation," you yep. know, and just be, come to terms with the fact that it's never going to get out there, and uh, and it's never going to get produced by Nate DeFord. <laughs> it's never going to have any music by Julie by Julie Nichols. If I wouldn't have time to get the artwork done by Emily Cardamus, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. There'd be no point in starting a uh, a. a a Gmail uh, uh, with here's the situation podcast at gmail.com. There'd be yeah. no, we'd never get a chance to read them and react to them. Um, but I probably might rob uh, a bank and be like, <laughs> hey, Nate, you, 
I need to get a podcast out today. Here's $5,000. Make it happen. Don't, it don't, don't get any ideas, DeFoy. All right. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>